If you have any questions uh, at the end of this sermon, if you have any questions about what it might look like for you to honor your parents, then please follow up with me or uh, any of the other elders, uh, with Brenda or, or other people in the church. We'd love to help you think through this issue. Uh, I don't really have an outline for you this morning. My plan is to just walk through the text and ask questions as we go. Uh, so let's start there with the word honor. Honor your father and mother. The, the Hebrew word for honor there is the word kavod, which means glory or weight. It's often used in the Old Testament for the glory of God. In other words, parents are are not people that we should treat lightly. That's the sense here. There's a, there's a weightiness attached to their position. The word kavod has the idea of reverence or respect attached to it. So later on, for example, in Leviticus 19, God says this. He says, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. Honoring our parents means that we show them reverence or respect this respect is, is, first of all, a heart attitude, but it's, it includes our words and our deeds too. But what makes parents worthy of such honor? Well, well, think of it this way. God has ultimate authority. He's the ultimate giver of life, the ultimate father. But he has chosen to, to delegate his authority to fathers and mothers. Uh, last week, Heidi and I overheard our kids having an argument at the breakfast table. Ariella was like, listen, Isaiah, God is the boss. But Isaiah was like, no, 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 daddy's the boss. And Ariella responded, yeah, yeah, but, but God is the boss of daddy. And Isaiah was like, no, 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 daddy's the boss. <laughs> but, but Ariella was right. You know, to my children... I'm the boss. I, I have authority over them. But this authority that I have is a delegated authority. In her words, God is the boss of daddy. And so parents occupy a, a God-given position of authority. Therefore, biblically, they are owed honor and respect from their children. And this isn't necessarily because the parents are worthy of respect in themselves. Okay, so maybe they have significant inadequacies. Maybe they have substantial shortcomings. Maybe they're just downright evil. But it's the position they hold rather than the people they are that demands respect. Does that make sense? So we see a similar thing, for example, when it comes to government. So in the time of the New Testament, the Emperor Nero was on the throne, and he was, he was a terrible human being. He, he ended up sanctioning the first, uh, the order in the first state sanctioned persecution of Christians. But the Apostle Peter wrote to the churches, telling them to honor the emperor. Not because he was an honorable human being, but he held a position of God-given authority. And the same is true when it comes to honoring our parents. So having a bad parent doesn't mean we're free to disrespect them. Uh, similarly, if our parents mess up or let us down or just do things that drive us crazy, we still owe them honor and respect. It, we'll think about more specifically in a moment about some of the ways that we can do this. 
But for now, just notice that we're commanded to honor both our father and our mother. And that might sound unremarkable to you. After all, we live in modern-day Northern Virginia where women have equal rights. But back then, this would have been quite countercultural. In an ancient patriarchal society, fathers were the ones who were worthy of most honor and respect. But in God's economy, both parents deserved equal honor. Now, look, the fact that God has to command us to do this means that we don't naturally do it. You know, there's something in our human nature which bristles against being under authority. So again, recently one of my, one of my children was having a massive meltdown. You, you probably heard it, actually. There were loads of tears and, and frustration and despair. And, and no matter what I tried, I just couldn't calm them down. And when I told them how unreasonable they were being, they replied, we just don't care about my happiness. Now, resisting the temptation to challenge that statement, I, I thought I'd just take a different approach. So I said, okay, then, what, what would make you happy then? You know, like right now, like you tell me, like what, what do you think you need? To which they responded, well, I just want to be the boss. And it was just one of those, you know, it was one of those moments where I think the human heart was on full display because we all want to be the boss, don't we? You know, we all want to be in control. We all want to call the shots. I've had to teach my kids many things, how to brush the teeth, how to eat dinner, how to kick a soccer ball, you know, life's essentials. But I've never had to teach them to disobey. You know, they, they learned that all on their own from a very early age. Even before they could walk or talk, I, I could see that, that they wanted their own way. There's just something in us that, that bristles against authority, whether it be the authority of our parents or our teachers or our boss or our government or even God himself. We want to be the boss. And, and so what can, what can motivate us to keep this commandment? Well, I think the text gives us two motivations. One of those motivations is explicit and one of them is implicit. The first motivation we get is the promise of God. The promise of God. So this is the first commandment with a specific promise. Did you notice that? Look again at the text. Honor your parents that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is given you. Uh, this promise seems to be national rather than personal. Uh, God was taking his people to the promised land of Canaan, and their possession of the land was dependent on their covenant faithfulness. Uh, now, this promise is more than simply living a long life. So in Deuteronomy chapter 5, this commandment is repeated. It says there, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that, lo that the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, the Hebrew there has the sense of prosperity, of, of blessing, of abundant life. It, you know, this is a fulfillment of the, the Star Trek benediction, live long and prosper. But, but this doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who honored their parents, you know, became a millionaire and lived 100 years. Rather, it was a promise of God's blessing. 
So if Israel wanted to enjoy the full blessing that God had for them in the promised land, then they needed to honor their parents. This is one of the key themes in the book of Proverbs. Covenant blessing comes to those who honor their parents. In Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle Paul repeats this promise to the New Testament church. It's, It's not quite clear how this promise applies to us today. After all, we don't live in the land of Canaan. However, it it still holds true, doesn't it, that those who honor their parents tend to experience blessing. I mean, yeah, there are exceptions, but life just seems to go better for people who honor their parents. Study after study has shown that that if you want to be a healthy adult, so if you want to make it through school or stay out of jail, if you want to keep off drugs, avoid promiscuity, or whatever other social benefits, the thing that matters most is a stable home a home where the parents love you and you honor them. However, those who grow up in unstable homes where they don't honor their parents are far more likely to live chaotic and troublesome lives. This is just the way the world works. But if if people are to flourish, in fact, if societies as a whole are to flourish, then it begins with with children honoring their parents. Because once we, once we stop honoring our parents, civilization just tends to fall apart. Society becomes increasingly rebellious against the authority structures that God's put in place. As I mentioned earlier, how can we love our neighbor when we can't even honor our parents? Yeah, but the good news is that God promises blessing to his people when they honor their parents. And so this should motivate us. Yeah, the second motivation is the pleasure of God, the pleasure of God. I think this is implicit in the command. After all, who gave this command? When we obey the fifth commandment, we, we please the Lord. And now let me be clear about something. Keeping this commandment doesn't earn God's love. It doesn't make us any more acceptable to him. Honoring our parents doesn't give us brownie points when it, they count towards our salvation. Remember the context of the Ten Commandments. God has already saved his people from slavery. Salvation's already been accomplished. These commands come in the context of a relationship. And this is even more true for us today because God has already accomplished the salvation of his people, hasn't he? The Lord Jesus Christ, he lived the perfect life that we haven't lived. He died on the cross, taking the punishments for our sins. And then he rose from the grave in victory over sin and death. And it's by faith in him that we're saved. So if we, if we look to God's law to save us, then we have no hope. The law just condemns us because we're all guilty of breaking God's commandments, including this one. Only Jesus can save us. So why should we keep God's law? Why should we obey his commandments? Well, if God went to such great lengths to save you, if he gave his only son to rescue you from your sin, I mean, don't you want to please him? Pleasing God is, is different than earning God's love. You know, my children cannot earn my love, but they can please or displease me. The same is true for those in Christ. The Apostle Paul uses this as a motivation for children to honor their parents. So in Colossians 3 verse 20, he says, Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. This is such a helpful motivation because really there are times in life when honoring our parents is really difficult. 
This is especially the case when our parents have wronged us. But honoring them is not first and foremost about honoring our parents. It's about honoring God. So let me ask you this morning, do you, do you want to please the Lord? Well, one way you can do that is by honoring your parents. But how exactly do we honor our parents? What does it actually look like to obey this commandment? Well, I think this is where it gets tricky because this commandment is a little bit ambiguous, isn't it? It's not quite clear how this commandment applies in each and every situation. So we're to obey this commandment. However, how we obey it seems to be a matter of continual reflection and wisdom. Obeying the fifth commandment might look different in my life than it will in yours. So there are some situations in life when knowing how to honor our parents will be quite clear. For example, imagine your mom or your dad cooks you a delicious dinner. You know, they've slaved over it for hours. The sweat is still dripping from their brow by the time they sit down at the dinner table. And after dinner, they ask you if you could do the dishes. Well, a cheerful yes to their request would be an obvious way to honor them. That's an easy one. However, some situations are more complicated, aren't they? So what if you're an adult and your father is a really unhealthy person to be around? And he wants to be involved in your life. He wants to talk often. He wants to, to visit the grandkids. But his significant character issues make you want to avoid contact. What does it mean to honor your father in that situation? It's not always clear, is it? Obeying the fifth commandment involves wisdom because life in a fallen world is really messy. It's one of the benefits, I think, of being involved in a, in a healthy church community where we can actually help each other wrestle with these issues. Having said all that, let me just suggest six concrete ways that we can honor our parents. There are, there are more than six ways, but I'm, I just listed six of them. Uh, first of all, express thankfulness. Express thankfulness. So throughout the Bible, honoring our parents, uh, sorry, honoring God includes giving him thanks. And I think the same is true when it comes to honoring our parents. You know, you don't realize this until you become a parent, but the life of a parent is, is one of constant sacrifice. Every day is a call to die to yourself in a hundred different ways. You, you sacrifice money, time, energy, desires, comfort, sleep, sanity, you know, have you ever had to take like a super early, early flight? You know, it's, you're going on vacation and you know, the cheapest flight's at like 7 a.m. and so you just book it. But then you have to get up at like 3 a.m. because you've got to get to the airport in time. And you know, you're just, you're exhausted, but you, you, you do it and then you arrive at your destination and it's, and it's great, it's beautiful. And you know, you know you should be enjoying yourself, but you're just so paralyzingly tired that you can't even enjoy it. That's parenting. <laughs> That's how it feels. But every day, you know, so just, just make a habit of saying thank you to your parents. You know, those of you that still live at home, don't, don't take those things that your parents do for granted. You know, thank them for the dinner, uh, for, for giving you a ride, for, for putting clothes on your back, for, for staying up late to talk, you know, for planning that vacation, for for telling you about Jesus. Uh, look for ways each day to just thank your parents. 
You know, those of you that don't see your parents as much, maybe you don't live at home anymore, maybe you even live away from them, think of ways that you can express thanks to them. And maybe it's a text or a phone call. Maybe it's a, a card or a gift. Maybe it's a hug or an act of service. Uh, be thinking of ways that you can express thankfulness to your parents. Uh, secondly, seek their wisdom. Seek their wisdom. I think one way we can show respect to our parents is just by not thinking that they're idiots. You know, to, to actually consider the possibility that they might actually have some wisdom to offer us. I remember being a teenager and just thinking that I knew how to be a better parent than my mum and dad. And not only was that dumb, but it was disrespectful. Because when we respect someone, we seek their wisdom, don't we? And we listen to them. And not assuming from the outset that we know more than them. We listen to them expecting to actually learn from them. We might even be willing to change out of respect for their words. And even if we do disagree with them, we, we do so reluctantly in a respectful manner. And what might it look like for you to seek your parents' wisdom? Thirdly, forgive them. Forgive them. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Parents make unwise decisions. Sometimes their expectations are too high. They say and do things that deeply hurt us. And it's just really easy, isn't it, to let their failures create anger and bitterness in us. But I think one way we can honor our parents is by forgiving them. We can extend to them the same grace that God has extended to us in Jesus Christ. It is worth saying that in some situations, forgiveness might be granted, yet trust still needs to be earned before reconciliation can happen. And again, I think we can help one another in this area as a church family. Uh, fourth thing is to speak well of them. Speak well of them. It's just really easy to just slag off our parents, isn't it? You know, to complain about them, criticize them, speak evil of them. Sometimes we do this behind their backs. Sometimes we do this to their face. But the way we speak about our parents is something that the Lord takes really seriously. So in the next chapter of Exodus, God is going to say this. In Exodus 21 verse 17, whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. The society we live in encourages us to speak evil about those in authority over us whether it's our parents or our boss or our, our governors. However, God calls us to speak with respect. Our words should bring honor rather than disgrace to our parents. Uh, fifthly, we should serve them. We should serve them. Uh, look for ways to serve your parents. Uh, don't just wait for them to ask you to do something. Uh, what would make them feel loved and valued? Uh, the New Testament gives us a really concrete example of how to serve our elderly parents. So in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul instructs children to make some return for their parents, to provide for them financially if they ever find themselves in need. Uh, the idea is that since our parents cared for us when we were young, we should be willing to return the favor when they're old. Paul even says that failure to provide for our parents is a denial of the faith. 
Uh, finally, what, another way to honor our parents is to obey them. So for any children in the room, honoring our parents includes obeying them. So we th- see this throughout the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs six twenty. My son, keep your father's commandments, and forsake not your mother's teaching. We also see this in the New Testament, Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And that Colossians passage again. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. You know, there are exceptions to this, of course. So if our parents instruct us to sin, then we should disobey our parents. That's because God is a higher authority than our parents, Another exception is when abuse is involved. So honoring ungodly people means that we should call them to repent of their sin. We encourage them to do what's right. We, we do what we can to prevent them from doing further evil. Therefore, if, if a parent is abusive, then the honorable thing to do is to confront them, to refuse to enable them in their sin, to even report any crimes to law enforcement. You know, tragically, many parents in the name of God have used the fifth commandment to enable abuse. They've taught that honoring our parents means that you just stay quiet and you don't actually talk about what really goes on in the home. They've taught that honoring your parents means that you obey even if it's sinful. But sometimes honoring our parents means we respectfully call them to repentance. And that might mean involving people from outside the home, including the police. But what about when you're an an adult? Interestingly, the the language of obedience tends to come in passages that speak to children. And when talking to adults, the Bible uses language like honor and respect. In other words, I don't think adults are obligated to obey their parents the way children are. So if you're no longer living under your parents' roof, you're you're no longer obligated to clean your room. You know, if you're you're 30 years old and your mum wants you to wear matching outfits with your siblings, (laughs) you, you can respectfully say no. I'm sorry if that information comes a little bit too late in your life, but you can you can say no. This is especially important for those of us who are married, I think. So the Bible says that when, when we get married, we, we create a new family unit. We leave our parents and then we cleave to our spouse. Therefore, our parents don't have the same kind of authority over us anymore. The husband is now obligated to please his wife before he pleases his parents and, and, and vice versa. And, and this can be a real source of conflict in families because Sometimes parents find it really hard to let go. Some of you are smiling, some of you not so much. You know, maybe, maybe you want to spend more time, maybe, maybe they want to spend more time together, or maybe they want you to, to always visit them for the holidays. And maybe they have expectations for seeing grandchildren, or they just think that you need to take their advice in every area of your life. And so... 
Married couples need to respectfully set healthy boundaries with their parents. Yet even with all these exceptions, I think there should be a posture of submissiveness towards our parents, a real desire to honor them. For those still living at home, obeying your parents is a really great way to honor them. So when your parents ask you to do something, as long as it's not sinful, you should obey. You shouldn't complain or refuse, even if you don't like it. Maybe your parents ask you to do chores around the house. Maybe they put limits on your use of technology. Maybe they give you a curfew or a bedtime. Maybe they don't want you hanging out with, with certain people or dressing a certain way. Maybe, maybe they want you to wake up and come to church with them. You know, you, you might not think it's fair. In fact, in many occasions, you, you definitely won't think it's fair. But honoring your parents means you obey. And not obey as you curse them under your breath, but obey because you want to honor them and because you want to honor the Lord. Now look, obeying your parents is, is really hard, I think. As I mentioned earlier, there's just something in our sinful nature that hates being under authority. We, we, we want to be the boss. Not only that, but the society that, that we live in it just doesn't encourage us to honor our parents, does it? So our culture tells us that rebellion and disobedience are normal, even healthy parts of our development. So even just think of some of the TV shows and movies you watch. You know, so often they just encourage us to see parents as idiots. You know, time and time again, parents, especially the dad, are just morons. You know, I was even just thinking of some examples this week, and I thought about the TV show Stranger Things. You know, I know a lot of our youth watch Stranger Things. I'm a big fan of that show, by the way. But, you know, in Stranger Things, the young people are the heroes, aren't they? They're the smart ones who figure everything out. With a couple of exceptions, the, the adults are naive, dumb, and kind of usually the bad guys. And so the kids need to defy the adults, defy the parents, if they're to save the world. And it's not just that show, but lots of shows like it, just, just picture adults as being people that you can't actually trust, you can't actually obey, you can't actually honor. And in fact, if you do, if you do honor them, then actually life is going to turn out worse for you. And it's, it's a real subtle message, but I think it shapes the way a lot of us think. In the past, our society taught us that that our parents were wise and they were worthy of respect. We were encouraged to listen to them and seek their advice. However, times have kind of changed, haven't they? The, the message we're being told today is that our parents are, well, kind of stupid. Their advice is, is old-fashioned, naive, narrow-minded. They just don't understand the world like we do. And, and just think of how all this relates to the fifth commandment. To honor your parents is extremely countercultural. To trust that, that your parents might have wisdom that you don't have. Uh, to listen to and learn from your parents. To respectfully obey your parents, even when it's hard. I mean, that's just about the most rebellious thing you can do today. It goes against the grain. It swims against the tide. And I think that means that you're actually not going to be able to do it in your own strength you're actually going to need God's help to obey this commandment. Because here's the thing, none of us have kept the fifth commandment, have we? 
This was a really convicting sermon for me to prepare, and I'm sure it's been convicting for you to listen to. If you're anything like me, you've failed to express thankfulness to your parents. You've taken them for granted. You've failed to seek their wisdom, often, maybe even always, thinking that you know more. You've been slow to forgive them, harboring bitterness and anger towards them. You've spoken evil of your parents. You haven't served them or loved them. You've, you've defied and disobeyed them. In, in so many ways, if you're like me, you haven't honored your father and your mother. And so this morning, we actually need something more than six ways to honor your parents. We actually need the savior. We need someone who has kept this commandment in our place. Someone who's paid for our failure to keep God's law. We need someone who can save us from our sin and make us acceptable to God. And so this morning, we need Jesus, don't we? Because the Lord Jesus came down from heaven and he took on human flesh and he perfectly kept God's law in our place. That means he kept the fifth commandment. Remember what we read earlier in Luke chapter two. We saw there that Jesus was submissive to his earthly parents. Even though he, he honored God above his parents, he was still submissive to his parents. Even though he was perfect, by the way, and they were not. All the way up to the moment of his death, Jesus honored his mother. So in John chapter 19, we read this. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. It's a significant... It's a significant detail that you wouldn't expect that detail to be recorded, would you, in the gospel accounts? But we see there as, that as he hung on the cross, Jesus, instead of thinking about himself, he was actually thinking about his mother. Back then, mothers, when they got to a certain age, were very dependent on their, their family, particularly their sons, to provide for them. And Jesus, knowing that he's about to go away, Make sure that after he leaves, his mother will be taken care of. And so he looks at his most trusted disciple, the one whom he loves, and he says, this is your mother now. I mean, it's just so beautiful. All the way to his death, Jesus honored his parents. And Jesus didn't just honor his earthly parents, did he? He honored his heavenly father. He perfectly obeyed his father's will. Yet despite keeping the fifth commandments, Jesus' life was cut short. Instead of enjoying long life in the land, he was exiled, taken outside the city and nailed to a tree. He experienced the curse so that we might experience the blessing. His life was cut short so that we might have eternal life. He then rose from the grave to redeem us from our sin and to save us. And so what we need most today, every one of us, is to receive Jesus by faith, to trust in him as our savior. You know, if you've never done that before, then let me invite you to do that this morning. If you have received Christ, then let me encourage you to come to him again afresh, to confess that 
you fail to honor your parents, to receive his forgiveness, and to ask for God's help to keep his commandments. And let's go from here with a desire to please God by honoring our parents. And not just our parents. You know, in some ways, this commandment is, is larger than just parenting. Throughout church history, Christians have, have applied this commandment more broadly. They've, they've seen in the fifth commandment a, a principle or, or a template for any other relationship of authority that we have in our lives. So if you, if you don't have any parents, who are some of the other authorities in your life? You know, the Bible tells wives to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians 5. It exhorts church members to obey and submit to their elders. Hebrews 13. We're to, sub we're to be submissive to the governing authorities that God has placed over us. Romans 13, Titus 3, 1 Peter 2. It, we might even include other authorities in this list. Employers, teachers, coaches. In other words, we're to honor anyone <clears throat> excuse me, in authority over us. Recognizing that all authority belongs to God. And because he is our heavenly father, we want to honor him and please him. So let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. Let's pray. <clears throat> heavenly father, we were so thankful for the Lord Jesus. We're thankful that he came and he perfectly kept the law in our place and that he died for our sins and he rose from the grave to save us. We're thankful for the new hearts that we have when we trust in him, hearts that want to please you, hearts that have the Holy Spirit that actually by his power can please you and can imperfectly yet faithfully keep your commandments. So we pray that you would help us to honor our parents. Help us to be thankful for them, to seek their wisdom, to speak well of them, to obey them when appropriate, uh, to pray for them, and many other ways that we can do that. Uh, would you help us to know what that looks like in our individual lives? And as we inevitably fail in this task, Lord, in many ways. We pray that we would just keep coming back to the grace that we have in Christ. And uh, we pray all of these things in his name. Amen.